0: Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Monday, September 7th, Labor Day. And in this, the last of our three-part interview with Roger Ferguson, the CEO of TIAA, we are focusing on workplace diversity in financial services and throughout all of corporate America. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, if you have a question, we are always here for you. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Okay, here's the conclusion of our interview with Roger Ferguson. I do want to ask you about in financial services and in all of corporate America, but I'll let me just deal with financial services specifically. We just don't get a lot of people of color in the industry. What can we do to improve that?
1: Well, Look, there are several things we can do to improve it. First, it would be helpful if the industry put a real value, as we do at my company on diversity and inclusion, we're really proud that we had um, the first African American officer of a major insurance company back in the 50s. Mm. We had the first woman uh, on our board, uh, first woman on board of any major financial services company in the 40s, and an African American board member in the 50s. And my predecessor, Cliff Wharton, first uh, African American CEO of a major company you know, back in the 80s. Huh. So, first thing the industry needs to do is recognize the value of diversity and inclusion and really drive that consistently. And we hear more of that. Secondly, frankly, you know, within the African-American community, increasing the level of financial literacy. Um, And so that we have individuals who understand the world of finance. Um, My company just did something called the PFIN index. Um, it was a financial literacy index, and what we discovered is, among you know white Americans, they got about half the questions, fifty five percent of the questions right. African Americans about thirty eight percent of the questions mm-hmm. right. And so, you know, we need to make sure that the community is uh, creating more financial literacy uh, as well. And so, it's a little bit of supply and demand. Um, and you know, as you say, I'm an optimist, so I'm continuing to be optimistic in this space as well.
0: What do you think about hard quotas? Because you're you're friends with you work. In, for a big you know, Swiss insurer, but you, they're European companies. And certainly in Germany, there are some mandates about board and C-suite. So what would that look like in the United States?
1: I don't think we're going to go there. It's just not who we are. It's not what we believe in. Um, we believe in a lot of choice. We also believe in markets. And my view is all of these issues have to get resolved in an American context, recognizing you know our history, who we are and what we stand for. And the good news is I observe that across boards, across major companies, there really is a hunger for more diversity uh, and more inclusion. And in part, we're starting to recognize that you know diversity leads to better market outcomes. You know there's more and more data that shows that companies that have diverse boards, particularly in this case with women on the boards, end up having a better uh, total shareholder return, a better performance in the, in the market. And so you start to get a you know a reinforcing system.
0: You have a very interesting board membership portfolio yourself, including Alphabet, Google, General Mills, and the international flavors and fragrances located across the street, right. which is so bizarre. But didn't they just sell?
1: IFF is across the street. No, no, no. We oh, haven't sold. They've, okay. they've announced a transaction, but oh, not trend. that's not okay. a sell.
0: So let's talk a little bit about Alphabet and tell us all the dirt about what's going on there. <laughs> okay, no, you can't do that. Well, all right, so let's talk about... Your view on regulation of the technology sector, because you come from such a highly regulated universe, financial services, and you were essentially a regulator, a regulator. and uh, your wife was a former regulator.
1: Right. So my wife was indeed an SEC commissioner. So thanks for for mentioning uh, Annette Nazareth. She's spectacular. And so, look, I think the question of how we regulate tech is one that we have to handle very carefully. In the following sense, we know, and you heard me talk about it earlier, that technology has the potential to create a phenomenal economy and a phenomenal future. And frankly, we know that they're going to experiment. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going to be successful in other places as well. And to be fair, we also know that there's a little bit of geopolitics about this. There is you know, Western-oriented tech companies, and there are you know, tech companies from China, and you can see already a little tension back and forth there. And so i'm you know I'm, I'm sure there will be you know a call for regulation. I'm sure there will be places where that will make a lot of sense. From my standpoint, it's get the balance right so that we don't overly regulate and you know drive out creativity, and also that we don't sort of misinterpret you know the the growth of these companies as being anything other than the fact that they've had you know phenomenal success with brand new ideas that people have flocked to. Mm. And well, so that's going to be the challenge.
0: I'm a little concerned that the tech world says oh you can't stifle our creativity because uh, you know it won't work and clearly we need smart regulation we don't need insane regulation but to push back on it so much seems sort of
1: insane So, so look let me agree fully with you that we need smart regulation let me agree fully with you that the tech industry has to figure out when and where and how to embrace regulation. So that doesn't seem like we're just, you know, the industry is just giving the stiff arm to to regulation. Let's also be clear the tech industry has to say, look, there are places where we didn't do so well. Right. And so maybe we need government help to figure out how to stay on the straight and narrow. And so my view, as always, is trying to get down that middle path where, you know, Let's be smart about regulation. Let's recognize have the industry do the mayor culpas where they have not done so well. But let's also have the regulators understand that while the government has many great powers and has helped drive technological innovation, think about DARPA, et cetera, there's a lot of innovation that has to go on without having the government regulate it until we understand how it's going to work. And so let's find that middle ground where the tech industry says, sure, there are places we haven't done so well. We probably should be regulated. Uh, All right. And where the regulators say, yeah, we understand, and we want to let you experiment a little bit too.
0: And who should be the regulator? Is there going to be a new body, you think? Or, I mean, how does that? How would that work?
1: That, that's a really good question to have to be very honest. I'm not sure I have the answer. I mean, we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the FTC, the FCC, Department of Justice, there are a lot of sort of regulators out there already. And I think once we figure out what we're going to regulate and how we want to do it, then we can figure out, do we have a body that works or uh, is there room for a new one? Before
0: we let you go, and we are going to let you go. I could talk to you for hours. This is great. <laughs> we started the program. I asked you your best career or financial decision. What's your worst?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I will say when I look back on my education, which has been spectacular, I do think I focused a little too much on some types of social sciences and now as I get older and older and more involved in having to manage lead people, I really wish I understood psychology a lot better. Right? <laughs> you know, it's something I never studied, and here I am now trying to figure out what is it that's motivating people? And it's not supply and demand. It's not the, uh, the, the rational uh, model from economics. It's all the irrational stuff, and it's really understanding that would be helpful.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We are going to go full force back into answering your questions tomorrow. If there's anything on your mind, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And of course, you can get to us from our website. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already. You can do that on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or radio.com or Google Play, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we sure would appreciate a rating or a review if you have some time. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing and metaphorically, if you wouldn't mind, put your hands on someone's back today. Do something nice for somebody else. We'll talk to you tomorrow.